Six Pack Double Feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Insults, oddities, cartoons, it's all there. And of course, beer. Tell us your picks, guys. Tell us your picks. I can only imagine what you're going to say here in a second. It's not loud. No, I know it's not loud. <laughs> but it cuts off like that. See, now you make me self-conscious. Now I'm I wasn't so- going to say anything this time around, and now you brought you it up anyway. You know what? I'm going to hit you with an anvil <laughs> and then kick you out of a window. Uh, I'm going to address this right now. Yeah. There are no oddities in this pick six. <laughs> That was a a pick six. Oddities was what did we have? We had we we, we had a hard time. What we were going to talk about things that we wanted to see, or things like why, what the hell was Hollywood thinking? Okay, or we so made it. it was oddities was I had oddities listed specifically for the reason that I wanted to talk about the Roger Corman version of Fantastic, Fantastic Four because it is a complete oddity (laughs) that it got licensed that it got made that it got finished and then shut down and never really to be honest never to be seen by the in the light of day other than the oh i own a 45 five dollar bootleg copy yeah yeah but that's what i mean and it's amazing lee bad but i couldn't think of five more (laughs) i could i fleshed it out but you you missed you misunderstood what i was asking for on that one and you couldn't you couldn't find six, so oddity doesn't really exist. It was weird. It was a weird selection. It was weird. So we want to let you know that we're gonna. Not, so I think in th- season, there's going to be a surprise at some point. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a potpourri episode. But I think one of our main uh, long form episodes will end up being the uh, 2007 Fantastic Four and the 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four. That's not going to happen. We like you guys. We don't want you to. We want you to. Listen. I like me, and I'm not. <laughs> I don't want. But I think you should watch the 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four. <laughs> today, however, I'm sure it's on eBay. Somewhere. Today, well, however, it's on I, the black web. I am not Nathan. <laughs> the dark web, the black internet. <laughs> I'm. I am not dark web Nathan. Today we are doing animated movies. He's not Travis, by the way, <laughs> and he's. Not Nathan. Oh, I can't wait to edit all the nonsense out of this one. Have fun with that. Yeah, that'd be fine. We're only three minutes in. Today's pick six animated movies. Or cartoons, as Jamie said. Yeah, so, she did say cartoons. So I usually say animated films. Cartoons are what I watched when I was a kid on Saturday mornings, like, you know, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry. That's how I would see a cartoon. But I don't care if someone wants to call it, call it a cartoon. It's a feature-length cartoon because this is – what's your favorite Smurfs episode? <laughs> you know? The one where Gargamel gets his period. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get away from that topic. And <laughs> What's your number six animated film? Play the clip that you played in the last episode and spoiled it. <laughs> All right, here's my clip. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what the other has to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Never ever 
thinking there was danger in the water They were drinking, they just guzzled it down Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse Was watching them and gathering around Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest Jumping fences, dodging trees and trying to get away Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally making it oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. What sort of racist ass shit is that? That you, sounds like. You've never seen Disney's Robin Hood from 1973? With, he's a fox, and Robin Hood's a fox, and Little John's a big bear. It looks like Baloo from Jungle Book. No? Please tell me you've heard that. <laughs> I have heard of it. I've never seen it. Really? Wow. Okay. I I bounced back and forth between several, probably mid to early to mid seventies. I, I legit for animated, a second thought that was song, like, song of the South. No. Did you really? I for, for a minute. You had a cold sweat going on I for didn't a have second. A cold you know? sweat. I wasn't going to be the racist. <laughs> I was very curious where the hell that was going. <laughs> No, that's Robin Hood. Uh, if there ever was uh, a Robin Hood movie that I had seen Why more than Southern? anything else, that's oh, all right. It's just that was the rooster that sang songs. All right, sorry. They're all animals, man. I know. Well, I can't wait for this live action version to come out at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton plays Baloo. Prior to uh, I bounced back and forth between many of several, like Sword in the Stone, Fox and the Hound. There were a lot of like mid to late seventies yeah. or early eighties animated uh, movies, uh, cartoons that I watched a lot when I was a kid. And I went with my knee jerk reaction to what you what I really loved watching more than anything else, and that was the the animated Robin Hood. And that's probably why I don't really care to watch anything. Robin Hood now. I mean, they keep rehashing that story again they don't, and again they don't and again. Have the it hillbilly cha- songs. Right. Why? Yeah, I want the hillbilly songs. I Kevin want the Coster's, animals talking. Kevin Costner's band could probably do that. They remade. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Take it as an inside joke. <laughs> only people would know, get it, if don't, they had seen the movie. And only his, the, and know the three was, people that listen to this podcast would get it. It's three and a half now. Oh, yeah. So the Disney animated version of Robin Hood featuring southern bears and roosters. And foxes. And foxes is your number six. That's my number six. My number six, I know I'm stealing it from you, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Did you put that as your number six, though? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. As soon as as we said animated movies, I went, Roger Rabbit. That is my number one. That movie still holds up. It does. Like, the, the animation is so... It's it's Good. because of the animation. It's the two it, it doesn't like the two D cell animation that they had to do yeah. with the live action. Every now and again, Bob Hoskins, like I've seen enough of the back, uh, I'm sorry, backstage behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. where he's interacting with the handcuff and it's on a not a squib. What am I trying to say? A rig or whatever. Right. You can kind of almost. It might just be a trick of the brain because you know he's not interacting with a cartoon rabbit. Right. But you can almost kind of see that he's looking through the character, not at the character. But that's it's it's it's, so it's, it's minute. It's minute. Yeah. The, you don't I, really pay if you're paying attention to that, then stop yeah. watching. Yeah, then because you're missing the point of it. You're not paying attention to the animation that's going on. That it's fucking incredible. Because we said animation, and I went, yeah. okay. I need 
I remember loving this as a kid, and I watched it about a thousand times. Yeah. And I wanted to go back and watch it and see, does it hold up uh, visually? I mean, the story is the story is boilerplate. Like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's great. It's bulletproof. You're not. It's a it's a detective story. It's great. The book is great. If you haven't read the book, it's weird as fuck. It's called Who Censored Roger Rabbit. Right. It's almost completely different than the sh- than the than the movie. But anyway, I watched it about a year year and a half ago, and. It was just I was just blown away by how good it still looks, and it wasn't even like a special edition Blu-ray or anything. It was just streaming it on Amazon or Netflix or whatever. And yeah, it's amazing. Man, I I love I love it's. I think I mentioned it before, but it's probably without stating Back to the Future. It's my favorite Robert Zemeckis film. Christopher Lloyd as the judge. Oh. He plays such a prick so well. That's, that, that scared me as a kid. Yeah, when he, it's frightening. When he freaks out at the end. Yeah. Did he talk just like this? And the daggers come out of his yeah. eyes. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. So good. He chewed the scene, but just so so perfectly Yeah. in that. Roger Rabbit, my number six. What is your number five? My number five is Monsters, Inc. Okay. That is Pixar. It's Disney. There's probably a lot of Disney on this. On mine, at least. I mean, I mean, it's hard not to. They with the age the that we are, they corner the market, and with the age that we are, it's it's going to happen. Uh, of John, all the, John Goodman, right? Uh, John Goodman and Billy Crystal, okay, do the voices of the two main monsters. But of all the Pixar films uh, that they've released, this was my absolute favorite for well over a decade. Uh, it may have been bumped here recently, but we'll get there in this list. Okay, with Pixar. It's just a really novel concept to take the idea of children who are afraid of monsters in their closets and the fact that these monsters exist and they're there to scare the kids and to collect the scream into canisters that they use that energy to power their city. Hmm. And so they are just workers going to work every day. Oh, it's 9 p.m. on you know the Eastern Seaboard. Let's go ahead. It's time to scare the kids in New York City or or whatever. And that's what they do. And they and they come across a kid that isn't scared, and they come through the door that opens, and there's just this huge panic effect because no one wants, no one knows what to do with a child, especially a child that's not scared, and they think that the children carry these like deadly diseases. And so it's really funny. With that, everyone's scared of the kid rather than the kid uh, being scared of the monsters. Okay, and so it's, it, so up until that point, up until that plot point, it was similar to Little Monsters with Fred Savage and Howie Mandel. That's been so long since I've seen that. I'm the, not entirely sure. I don't, Maybe I don't think the point of the monsters in Little Monsters are to collect screams for any other purpose other than they're just mischievous. And they're not collecting screams. They're just they're just being mischievous. Yes. Um, but Fred Savage's character becomes not scared and, and, and comes through. Well, the novel concept in the movie, and this movie's been out for 15 years now, so I'm not really spoiling it for anyone, but just in an FYI, I'll never, I'll never watch it. skip through anyway if you don't want to hear it. But the novel concept after this is when they discover that laughs are much more of an energizing, uh, oh. an energy that they can they can capture over the screams of a child. What a post nine eleven script idea that is. It was two thousand and four. There you go. But it may have been written. Yeah, it, but it's good. It's. it's I like really that good. idea. I, I just I don't I don't super dig on Pixar. I don't I don't really, really? like Disney that's, stuff. That's unfortunate because it's Pixar has so many good yeah I, animated films that oh I've got one on just my list. Have, I've got one on my list. But there's just there's so many 
there there's so many different levels. They take the effort to make a movie with kids aiming at kids, but also aiming at older kids and then aiming at their parents too. Right. So there's something for a, a something lot of for everybody. But I'd rather just watch something that's completely aimed at me and I get all the jokes and all the stuff. So yeah. So that's my number five. I'm a heartless what's, bastard, aren't what's I? What's your number five? Heartless bastard. The Dark Knight Returns. The uh, animated. Oh, uh, the part one and two. The quasi animated. That's really good. It's it's animated in so far as the the the, the panels move. Yeah. I almost went with Mask of the Phantasm. That's good too. But I've never seen different. Mask of the Phantasm. No, I've, it's kind of hard for you to pick it. Without. Correct, which is why I didn't. Because Batman the animated series. Have is, you not learned your lesson? No, no, I didn't pick it. I, I know, I know. <laughs> you Brock, I didn't pick it. And Batman the, the Animated Series is a TV show, and I know Mask of the Phantasm was a continuation was, of that. But it was but, a theatrically released animated and movie. And I didn't pick it. But I did pick The Dark Knight Returns, which is the... Um, I don't know if this one was ever released theatrically, but uh, it, it, came a, on, it came on that DVD. A lot of the, a lot of the DC stuff that they've released <sighs> that have been pretty decent from everything that I've seen. So good, but they're all direct to video. There's really no market in the theater for these films, but they've done a really good job of adapting a, a lot of good Batman stories. Their, that seems to be lately. where they are with their. With their superhero universe, because DC does better with their animated direct to video. They do than they, than do. they do like live action in yeah. the theaters. Absolutely, because their characters are boring on screen. I never would have thought their characters that, are better on paper. Yeah, I, I never would have thought that that Peter Weller would have been a really oh, good so Batman, good. but he's a really good older Batman that comes back in. Frank Miller, man, that 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 no, Frank coming up with that idea of this. He's been retired for 10, 15 My years. favorite sequence in that in that in that graphic and in that animated is that fight in the mud pit with the leader of that gang. Yes. Um I can't think of his name right now. He's slicing dice. Slicing dice. I can't think of his name, but he's slicing dice. Batman yeah. fucks him up. <laughs> and then almost dies. And then almost yeah. Oh, it's so And then good, Ariel man. Winter as the I can't remember the her character's name, but she Basically plays new Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember yeah. her name either. Uh, I think maybe Carrie. I don't know. I need to go anyway, back and read it again. It's good. But I got that. I got that. My dad it's bought just, me. My dad bought me that. Uh, like a leather bound graphic of the uh, year one Batman Returns and another. Not they Batman had a couple Returns, of seasons. The, the Dark Knight Returns and uh, uh, a miniature insert in, in, insert in the middle called uh, Santa it? Claus One yeah, Dead or Alive. Yeah, it was a seasonal. And I had I got that in 1990, and I flipped through it, and this was in 1990 when Batman 89 had come out. So that was my Batman, and then I'm watching Adam West on television every afternoon, and then I get this dark shit, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why does fucking, why does Robin die? Why does the why does he shoot the Joker? Why is the Joker killing people on the Letterman show? It was like it was scary, and I didn't read it. I didn't read it. And I didn't read it. I didn't read that shit until I was about thirty four, and like it was like a I, man, it just it was right place, right time for me. If I'd read it younger, I don't know that it would have hit. What's fun too is there's they bring in the Green Arrow, and then and they, they're all old. They're all old. Green Arrow was so good. With uh, his aim that they amputated his arm. Yeah. <laughs> and the only one that is in good standings with the government is Superman. Yeah. Um, Selena Kyle yeah. is, runs like a cat house or something. Which it's – you have the Watchmen to thank for that. Is it, which, which one was first, Watchmen or Dark Knight? 
they were right around the same time, but I'm not sure which one. Because came they're out both first. very similar in tone. It they're, may have been Watchmen first, but aged superheroes. Yeah, but man. Uh, sorry, well, I went long on that. <laughs> uh, that's Batman, good. The Dark Knight Returns, the graphic novel animated version on DVD. That's my number five. What is your number four? My number four is Rango. Okay. Rango is Johnny Depp doing the voice of this little gecko. Mm-hmm. And this is like someone who had like a fantastic idea of making a Western, then realized that they were ripping off several other films, uh, like Chinatown specifically, and then went, mm, you know what? Let's make a hard left and let's just do this like an animated feature and still make the movie. And let's have a bunch of, you know, good character actors come in, do the voices of all these. And it's basically a Western set out in the middle of the desert where this gecko just kind of gets bumped off of the road trip that he's taking or that he's moving with his family and becomes lost and finds this town and kind of becomes the town's sheriff and doesn't really know what he's doing. Okay. And Johnny Depp playing the gecko, but what's really funny is the nod to Fear and Loathing, Fear and loathing at the beginning of the film. They pass a car. With the big, what is it, what was it called? The Great Red Shark. The Great Red Shark, and yeah, it's 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 just it's really fun. He likes to perform, so he's like an actor, and so when he comes in, he's he. It's kind of like a Bug's Life. Never seen that. Um, which is a play a bit on um, Seven Samurai and uh, the Magnificent Seven, where mm-hmm. he kind of comes into the town to help them out, but he's pretty much all full of lies. Oh, okay. No one really understands who he is or what he's doing, and he's faking everything, and it's it's really fun. Okay. But, is that a Pixar? Uh, it is not a Pixar, which, surprisingly enough. It's not a Disney. It's Gore, uh, Gore Verbinski, okay. uh, who did The Ring and the pirate movie, the first three pirate movies, I believe, The Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, it's really good. Animation is incredible. I don't know if it won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature, but I know it was up there. And it's it's just – it's funny and there's a lot of jokes on a subtle level. Level. My parent, I even let my parents borrow it. They're like, that was good, but that was really weird. I'm like, how weird was it? It was just an animated movie that was a Western for the you most part. You played a clip of it on a prior episode. I'm, I don't know. I may Timothy, have. Timothy Oliphant as the yes. Spirit of the West. I don't yes. remember what the episode Spirit of the West. He does play the Spirit of the West, which is an, a nod to Eastwood. Eastwood. So, yeah. It's really good. Usually I don't consider a movie, even if it's animated, that's rated PG to be considered a kid's movie. It is a movie that is kid-friendly. Okay. Yeah. There's a could dis- be that's considered. A dis- that's a distinction there. You know. Because... Kids are going to get drawn in because it's an animated movie. Right. Regardless. Right. But it's just as enjoyable if you're an adult. Because my number four is animated, as animated can be. Very simplistically animated. But South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. It's not, <laughs> it's not kid-friendly in any way, form, or no. fashion. This was hey, on, Satan! <laughs> who's my, that's who's, Saddam Hussein. Who's my cream puff? <laughs> I am. Um... I typically blame Hey, guy. Hey, guy. <laughs> this movie was on repeat for me, either at my house or at a buddy's house in 2000, 2001. It was this, Fear and Loathing. That's about it. Those, those were the movies that were on repeat. Yeah. And that was 
they almost played. I get the, a lot of replay value when that because I don't know how well it did in the theater, but it. I mean, that's kind of how South Park got its start. Is that they were trying to get people interested, and it became like party favors, like gifts they they would hand out, like some of mm. the and like was it jesus versus santa claus or whatever like the first semi first episode was that's how they got their start and so it like it works well just sitting at home more than bigger longer not cutting in the theater but yeah it's so it was so over the top how offensive can we be what yes you know and then you watch it now it doesn't feel half as well look at how the world's changed since it came out yeah i mean that's true the the devil two thousand the devil being in a gay relationship with Saddam Hussein ow whoop de fucking do the shit that's going on now or the shit that is magnified now it's not it's they say fuck two hundred thirty seven times or whatever or yeah it's a lot it was up till that point it was didn't we talk about it in uh, the Big Lebowski episode I know this did not come up it wasn't I know they're in like the top thirty or fifty it wasn't in the top twenty which was surprising to me but. Time for, for the, another refreshing beverage. <laughs> Have you refreshed your beverage? Do you want to drink a beer? Um, <laughs> for, the, for the time it came out, they swung for the fences of how offensive could they be, and they pretty well nailed it. Um, it's, it's kind of a musical. It isn't uh, kind of a musical. A, kind of a political statement. Um, it was Blame Canada. And what was Blame the, Canada. That actually got nominated for um, best like song. Kyle's mom's big fat bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Metallica did the song when Kenny went to hell. Little boy, you're going to hell. <laughs> South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. That's my number four. What's your number three? My number three is the Iron Giant. Uh, I've never seen that because I cry enough. Uh, it's there are other movies now, specifically Pixar, that will make me cry more. I think than the Iron Giant. Now it's been maybe a year or two since I popped it in, and it may do that now. But this is Brad Bird's really first, really good animated feature. I know he did some stuff earlier. I don't know if he did All Dogs Go to Heaven, but he did like is Ratatouille. The, uh, is the animation Japanese? No, it's very. I think it's American, it's but very it's very distinct and very. Fluid. It's very distinct and fluid, but it is. I believe it is American, um, but it pl- it takes place where there's a giant robot that basically flies down or lands. I can't remember how it gets to Earth, but it crash lands kind of on on Earth, and the the creature, the robot itself, befriends a kid. Uh in a small town while, while they try to keep the robot under wraps, like, don't pay attention. Nothing I mean, to see here. Don't look at the 20-story you know, tall <laughs> robot. Uh, but, you know, it's 1950s. It, it has a lot of Cold War themes. It's set in the 50s. Okay. It came out 20 years ago. It came out in 99. was recording this in 2019. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. does the voice of the of a, right. a local artist who basically does all of his art from like metal scraps, and he does a lot of welding. And Vin Diesel does the voice of the robot. You know who else does a lot of um, metal um, sculpting is um, the wife of Michael uh, in uh, Jaws: The Revenge. 
She's sculpting a shark out of metal. <laughs> I'm not going to make reference to Jaws 4. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's really, it's just a fun and entertaining uh, film that feels more adult than it does kid. That's what I've gotten from it. And I know, like, I know the ending can't be good. No, the ending is better than you think. You initially think the ending might be a downer, but it ends on a higher note. And I'm not going to spoil it because yeah, I really I think it's something that you would want to watch. Yeah, I might get to it. And it plays really well at the end. Like, oh, okay. Cool. Not as bad. And this as was, that was before Vin Diesel was. Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel yeah. pretty pretty had, much. Had he done that Riddick movie? Maybe that was. I the don't. Only thing? I don't even know if he'd done Riddick or the Chronicles of Riddick or Pitch oh, the Black. First one, was, or, first one was Pitch Black, then it was the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, I've I think never this seen was before those, that. And it's sad that I know that. But. So Iron Giant, your number three mm-hmm. for not digging Pixar. My number three is actually a Pixar movie. It's Toy Story, the That's original, good. the, the OG, OG Pixar movie. I was just at the end of being in that Target. I was about. 12, 13 when that came out. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, 12 or 13. And I saw it in the if theater. If you had been a little bit younger, it would have been right down, like specifically. Like split my skull, yeah. Yeah. But I was not, just not old enough for that to like, that movie. Because that was the next phase of my life was teenagers when I was that movie. But I'm an action figure dude. I'm a toy kid. You know, I played with toys. And wasn't Andy an only child? No, he had a younger sister. Okay. I literally haven't it's been seen a this since it came out. And the, I saw this in the theater. So good, they're so good. But the, the I understand why I you, am an only child, so I had to. I and I lived out of town, so for me to organize having a friend come over was organizing at least someone to transport that of, child. Like, yeah, to, so to your I house. Ended up, I ended up entertaining myself a lot. So you have to either burn bugs or shoot things or have an imagination and play indoors, right? And the imagination of like when you walk out of the room, the toys come to life is really cool to me. Oh, I love that. And it's, even it's, just like the detail that they put on the toys, like the toy soldiers, Arlie Ermy is the, like the right, sergeant or is, whatever, yeah. but uh, you can see like the molding cast molding where there's the, just a bit the of weld. like, yeah, yeah. I love that there was so much of attention to detail that they even showed the flaws of the toys because yeah. that was realistic. Yep. The it's not personification, but the well, it's personification right. of these inanimate objects because I was I was the kind of kid that you don't mix He Man with GI Joe, you don't cross universes, you don't put Hopalong Cassidy or Hopalong Howdy or whatever the uh, I think it was Hopalong Cassidy. Yeah, it's Hopalong it. Cassidy. I'm I'm thinking of Woody. I'm mixing their names up. Gotcha. You don't mix a cowboy with a spaceman, but those are your two leads. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> Somebody's poisoned the water hole. Those are all the ones when you pull back a yeah, string. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I get that. But I love that uh, Wallace Shawn is in it too. He's in the original. I forget who Wallace Shawn plays. I don't know. He's one of the. I know. He's the one guy of the, who played uh, Ernest. Um, what yeah. is his name? He's passed since the first two, and he doesn't do the voice of any of the other ones. And Don Rickles does Mr. Potato oh, Head. That's right. Rickles is Potato Head. Um, George Costanza's mom is Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> You're not Chinese. <laughs> Look, I'm Picasso. <laughs> Man, what is his name? <sighs> what do you mean, Vern? Yeah, Ernest P. Not Ernest, Ernest P. P. Whirl. <laughs> Ernest P. Whirl. <laughs> no. 
Jim Varney. Jim Varney. <laughs> oh, man. Was, my brain was really starting to hurt on that I one. I know. Yeah, his name. I, I couldn't get there. Um, we we kind of touched – you touched on the, the, the attention to detail, and we talked about it being the OG Pixar movie, but it really set the bar. I mean, they're still, they're still trying to hit the high mark of what they did with that movie. Well, I'll tell you one thing. 25 years I'll, ago. I'll be honest with you. You may not have seen a lot of Pixar since you've seen Toy I Story. Have, I have not seen a lot of I'll uh, be honest with you. I have not all seen of a lot the of Pixar. T- when, I, when I was doing like the 30-day challenge, ex, you know, the movies that you enjoy – um, there was one where it's like, name your favorite trilogy. And initially I was going to go, Star Wars, you know, the first trilogy, blah, sure. blah, blah. And then I decided, you know what? I said, Toy Story, the the original trilogy before they made a fourth film, is really good because it focuses on the initial child fascination of these toys have a life when you're not around. Right. And then it deals with like a bit of like the collector in you. Mm. That I'm sure you're still in that phase. Two is pretty much uh, Woody gets swept up, and it, someone finds Woody and gets him reconditioned. He's going to sell him off hmm. because he's a collector. And then three is just learning to grow up and letting go of your childhood. And I so, don't understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's just it's amazing. Two, how well they how human they make these movies out of two things things that aren't human there's a shining reference in every one of them correct if there is i'm not sure what jamie johnson there's a shining reference in toy stories right i'm sure there is i know this i've seen there's at least surprise me there's at least one it's the carpet well i'll find a link and, and google it okay i'll google it and, and link the link here and then i read a thing on cracked i'm sure it was the implication of toy story because it takes place between andy being a child and an adult yeah it's andy some- always ages in the movies that's why by the time number three comes out in 2010 he's 18 he's going to college he's graduated right. and he gives the toys eventually at the end it's like he gives the toys to another little girl and right. so they live and, on and they live in andy's bedroom so the implication is at some point at least once those toys have watched him masturbate <laughs> oh god i'm sure it was just once yeah it he, was an awkward experience and he only masturbated once because once you figure that out you never do it again <laughs> oh that was a mistake i shouldn't have done that that felt really weird and good <laughs> i don't want to do that again no, that's when the toys all go into a box, and then they go up into the attic, and that's when they find them in 2010 going, we've been up here for 10 years. Jesus Christ, it's hot. <gasps> his face is melted to my ass. <laughs> my ass is melted to his face. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they both taste like crap. They're <laughs> doing their own version of Centipede in that so, one. So, porno toys, Toy Story. It's <laughs> my number three. <laughs> Please tell us more about your Toy Story centipede. <laughs> Go back to South I demand Park. you laugh harder at my to infinity and beyond with his mouth sewn to someone else's asshole joke. Uh, my number two? Since we've already spoiled my number one. And everyone's childhood. Uh, my number two is uh, Inside Out, which is another Pixar movie. It came out about four or five years ago. This film is absolutely brilliant. It makes you look at how, as a human, how, like when you're growing up, how you cope with your emotions on an entirely different level. 
inside of the, the main character in the film the the main character is Riley she's a little girl and they move from Minnesota to San Francisco and inside when in her inside her head she has these emotions and it starts with joy joy is the number one emotion voiced by Amy Poehler hmm. kind of like Parks and Rec Amy Poehler yeah, I would recast that but go ahead no it works perfectly okay anyway and so, but almost immediately after joy happens, there's also sadness. And so when you're a little baby, all you have is either you're happy. Are you explaining manic depression? Or you're sad. Me? And it's just, and so what's fun, though, is sadness is voiced by Phyllis Smith, who does Phyllis from The Office. <laughs> Eventually, there's anger. Who is? Louis Black. <laughs> there's fear. Bill Hader does fear. And then eventually okay. there's disgust, which is um, God. Uh, Mindy. No, no. Oh, go ahead. You're gonna say Mindy Kaling, weren't you? Yes. Damn it. I was gonna say Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> and so that that narrative of the story following Riley moving and her disassociating certain emotions, because in the story in the storyline, joy and sadness get um, moved out of her conscience at the time they're having to try to get back and so the only people or the only operatives in her emotion like um operation board is either anger fear or disgust and so she's starting to turn into that bit of teenager and so she doesn't give, was, she doesn't give joy yeah she doesn't <laughs> give her joy she doesn't give sadness but she either gets angry she gets she's afraid or she has disgust towards many things because they don't know how to operate the board that is a part of her conscience hmm. and so just the just that novel concept of how you grow as a human and how you develop these emotions and how it starts so primal and basic and it grows from these these specific things and how right. you eventually learn how to deal and not everything can be joy it. and not everything can be sadness but it's also learning how to realize that sometimes to make you relate to something that joy can't fix everything. Like in the movie, joy can't fix everything. And sometimes sadness needs to get you back to where you need to go. And yeah. that's part of the learning process for her character in in Riley. And so there that 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 journey in the movie itself, it's it's so brilliantly personal because you can relate she's wanting to run away and in order to get her to change her mind she has to link a good memory and link it with sadness to go i miss home and i want to go home that's my number two since my number one was you know who framed Rabbit, roger rabbit so what's your number two my number two, oddly enough deals with uh, a bit of emotional growth it is the 1967 grinch uh Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, Karloff yeah. Um, Boris Karloff. To say I had an obsession with this movie as a kid is an understatement. I would watch this movie year-round. I never... It just never clicked for me for some reason. I don't know why. I I never rooted for the Grinch. I never rooted for the Who's. I, just the animation. It was um, like we it's, talked about with... Um, it's Dr. Seuss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe he animated it. No, 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 no. Um, um, Quimby. Fred yeah, Quimby. He sure. animated it. Okay. From the, uh, I believe he did Looney Tunes. What were you and I and Brock were talking about 
a color palette that is really bright. Oh, we were talking about Wes Anderson on the director's yes. pick six. His color palette is really bright, but then like turned down like 15 to 20%. That's what the colors are like in this. Okay. Um, and it's, the animation is very for the time period. Actually, no, that's, that's a disservice to the time period. Animation back in the day was actually an art form and it was almost photo real. A lot of times. In many ways, it's still an art form, but it's just so shifted to computer and it's graphics. Churn it out, churn it out, churn yeah. it out. Like, I'm not saying a, a Pixar thing is is easier to animate than drawing it by hand. To me, it's harder to do by hand. But I can I can't do either one. But like, when we the, know what you can do. Like by when hand. the Grinch, yeah, when the Grinch's face, like like his brow furrows mm-hmm. and his little antennae or whatever on top curl around into that weird little. He snarled with a sneer. That whole shit. It just moves so. I don't want to say fluidly again, but it it just it kind of does, but in it, a different way. It's because like it's. I mean, the Grinch doesn't really exist, so you don't know. But it looks photo it's real, and it's twelve different cells that cause that to correct. Yeah, and the story's great. Like, why are you a cock, dude? Why are you? Why are you like this? You know, it's so much easier to not be a dick. You know. And the little dog, and, uh, and he has that character turn at the end. It's so good. That we was should, a, that, that was a, a TV. Gap. That was a TV special, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's at least an hour, if not feature length. We should maybe do that for a Christmas movie. Not the goddamn. No, not no, the, we don't talk about that. The, we don't talk yeah. about that. Yeah, we talk we don't about talk the, about we that. talk about the real one. We don't talk um, about that. <laughs> and that was Boris Karloff uh, toward the end of his life. He did a full album because he sang all everything as well, correct? I think he did the singing and uh, I don't all- know if he did the singing. I know he did the voice and the narration. Okay, and then he was on the record and okay. um, did the voicing in the uh, of the Grinch in, in the episode or the, or the special or whatever. But yeah, the 1967 How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That is my number two. Your number one was Roger Rabbit. The rabbit won't get far. My men will find him. Weasels. Yes, I find I have a special gift for the work. All right, you mugs. Fall out. Did you find the rabbit? Don't worry, Judge. We got the foremans all over the city. We'll find them. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be, Mr. Valiant? Have you tried Walla Walla? Cocomanga? I hear Kokomo's very nice this time of the year. I'm surprised you're not more cooperative, Mr. Valiant. A human has been murdered by a tomb. Don't you appreciate the magnitude of that? Since I've had Toontown under my jurisdiction, my goal has been to rein in the insanity. And the only way to do that is to make Toons respect the law. How did that gargoyle get to be a judge? Spread a bunch of Somalians around Toontown a couple years back. Bought the election. Huh? What's that? Remember how we always thought there wasn't a way to kill a toon? Well, Doom found a way. Turpentine, acetone, benzene. He calls it the dip. I'll catch the rabbit, Mr. Valiant. Then I'll try him, convict him, and execute him. <laughs> 
Have you ever had any more compassion for a fucking shoe than in that scene? It's because they gave it eyes. It gave it sounds like I mean it wanted it was rubbing up against your leg like it was a an animal, you know. That I wanted to talk about who framed Roger Rabbit again because it's just so amazing you never saw disney and warner brothers have characters together in the same movie no it's a crossover this is not a disney movie i mean granted it's under the disney umbrella but this is touchstone so yes and no but they got permission so they could do all of it together because it benefited everybody yeah just the concept of having toontown there is a town where all of it's not animated these characters exist in their own town and they just film them doing their crazy antics that concept is just you sound like alex jones it's so brilliant you know (laughs) who would (laughs) have but i wanted to talk about it once more and i want to play it but it's just that's what i always thought was so so great it's like they exist they had their own life in their own area you they know? exist in the same plane they're segregated but equal what i didn't like was separate <laughs> sorry tunes over here no yeah, but, I mean, I but they, they but draw that distinction yes. there's a wall between toontown and <laughs> literally, literally drawn um <laughs> what i i didn't like bugs bunny in that movie because eddie's falling out of the sky he gives him a spare a spare tire and they don't help him out well mickey didn't help him mickey out didn't either. either no <laughs> i guess he's in real trouble <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> no, there was like that movie takes some weird left turns when you're a kid. Like weird left turns, but it, and it, there's a lot of layers to that movie oh, that yeah. you don't catch when you're 12. You know? No, when I was a kid, when he goes, uh, he says bourbon on the rocks, and I mean ice, and I mean ice, and that was too late. I didn't know what he meant. I was back in the <laughs> pun. There's yes. <laughs> he's still, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's still, yeah. yeah. And, uh, he still drinks I used, it. <laughs> I used it in, uh, in an insults episode. Um, didn't yeah. you used to be Eddie Valiant? <laughs> I heard you change your name to Jack Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that as a kid. Yeah. My mom laughed because her dad was an alcoholic. <laughs> it wasn't until later that I laughed. But yeah, that's, I wanted to bring up number one once more because there was things, more things I wanted to talk about. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, still the best animated movie out there i disagree okay what's your number one disney's fantasia wow that's really good that's a good yeah that's been a long that's like like 1940 right mm-hmm. yeah that's it is old it is one of the best there's a couple others i read a cracked article several years ago but it mel it merged the live action with animation a bit on that as well did they not I think there's that, a little bit. I don't remember. I, I always remember that, that scene where Mickey Mouse is, he he ass dicks his way into the wizard's... The sorcerer's apprentice Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. And he, he ass dicks his way. Which is just my way of saying he falls ass backwards yeah. into it. Because he doesn't want to do the chore of, of sweeping up, mopping the... Yeah, he didn't want to work, so he fig- he thinks he can... 
cobble together a, a spell, spell to that it. will allow, and then everything just then starts it, multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. And then multiplying. he's it's filling with water, and he's drowning. Yeah. What is craziest about that animation is it's all hand drawn. Which obviously, book yeah, and duh, it was 1940s. Of course, it was hand drawn, Trav. But. Think no, you that. have to. You kind of have to disconnect and go. Each of people did movements. this by hand, cell by cell. When there's a hundred and fifty of those brooms back and forth, yeah, you know, that was all of that was drawn. And I know for someone in that profession, it's like it's probably yeah, that's how they did it in the old school, and it's not that big a deal, but it's it's a pain in the ass. But like for someone like me, that is amazing. Like that is literally art in motion like, yeah I, and i'm not taking away from computer animated stuff now it's a different that's a different sort of meticulous attention to detail but the humans created it with just their their hand paper and ink yeah that's that's too that's that's so there's such a connection there and and on top of that that scene is fucking creepy it is. It's. My grandma had, she still has on her shelf because she's a grandma, the book, the little Disney storybook of that. And you can you flip through and see it. And right. it's, it's almost like, oh, silly Mickey. Da, 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 da. He's trying yeah, they, to get they out of his play chores. They, they, they play downplay, it down. They, they downplay, downplay it how, quite a bit. Ah, fucking creepy that is. Um, there's a Japanese version, I believe. No, 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 no. I'm getting things confused. There's a Japanese animation that is even more intricate than Fantasia. I didn't list it for two reasons. A, I've never seen it. B, I can't remember what its name is. <laughs> but it is like... It sounds amazing. It's almost like a magnitude increased of how intricate the animation is for Fantasia. So, do you want to talk about Roger Rabbit some more? or do you? No, I'm all right. Okay. We're done. Um, Fantasia. Disney's Fantasia. That's a good one. That's, That's a good pull. Thanks. It's been a while since I've watched that. There's oh, it's parts. been like 35 years since I've watched it. There, there are moments in that that's just it. It's a, it's not an anthology, but there are four or five different stories, it's, and that's only anthology. one. But that's only one. But say Fantasia. Portion. What does anyone else think? Mickey, of? the think wizard's that. cap that he puts on and yep. does his thing. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's a good pull. All right, gang. That is our pick six animated. I'd love to tell you what next week is. But we have no idea. We have no idea. Uh, so enjoy next week when we come back next week because he's Travis. And he's Nathan. Stay the Morse. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. I really need